Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hey friends, you're listening to episode 17 of the Her Paper Root podcast. Today's guest is the multi-passionate and multi-talented Haley Luckadoo. She's a successful motivational speaker, podcaster, and business coach who has overcome setbacks and quote failures that when you hear her tell it, it will sound like she's straight out of a blockbuster rom-com. We are diving into the ways that you can leverage your own failures and setbacks to propel you forward in your business and how taking risks can help you build a solid growth mindset that will take you far. I love Haley's personality and savviness and I have a feeling that when you hear her story, you will fall in love with her too. You're listening to the Her Paper Root Podcast, a show all about money and entrepreneurship with host Chelsea Clark. Chelsea is a marketing strategist and the founder of HerPaperRoot.com, a friendly and supportive hive for ambitious, passionate entrepreneurs like you to learn how to growth hack your idea into a profitable business. We encourage you to fearlessly tackle your wildest goals. We know that as your own boss, you can deliver your unique message and make more paper. You just need a plan. Here's your host, Chelsea Clark. Welcome to the show, Haley. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. You're amazing. You're all over the place. And you're kind of like a crazy person like me, like doing (laughs) podcasts and videos and blogs and coaching and all this stuff. So before we jump into all the things that it is that you do, I have to ask like, oh my gosh, you started your first business at 21. So what Mm -hmm. was that business all about? Yeah. So I actually started out as a wedding planner. Um, and really like had zero, um, you know, experience in business. I didn't have a business degree. I had no like reason whatsoever to become an entrepreneur. I never even thought I would, but I have this sort of, uh, crazy long story that I won't get too into, but it just led me to being in a place where I felt like I needed to start my own business. And the only skill that I felt like I had at the time was I had planned a wedding. And so I was like, I could do this. I could plan it for my friends. And it was really more of a, let me do this until I figure out what I'm going to do next. But it turned into a, a real business. And I did that for six years. Um, and in the middle of that launched a second company too. And it, it's just, it's been crazy. But yeah, I started as a wedding planner. So very different than what I'm doing now. <laughs> That's so cool. You have a passion. You're like, I can do this. And then you go and you do it. Yep. And you said that you started a second company at the same time. What was that one? Yeah. So about three years into my wedding planning company, I had really figured out that the thing I loved about running a business was the actual aspect of running a business. I, I loved planning weddings. Don't get me wrong. But 
that was not really where my passion was lying. And I really loved like the whole back end of running a business, the marketing, the social media, you know, all of those things. And so about three years into running my wedding planning company, I started helping some other wedding professionals that I knew with the, those aspects of their business. And everybody told me I was really good at it. I was so helpful. I should absolutely be doing this for a living, like all of these things. So I went to my husband. I said, I think I'm going to start a second business. And he was like, doing what? (laughs) And I said, helping other people run their business, of course. Like that's, that's a thing. I could do that. Mm -hmm. And so I started this virtual assistant company just by myself, sort of out of the blue. And it just instantly took off. I don't want to make out like I didn't have to work really hard for it, but it just... (laughs) It, it happened so much faster than I anticipated. And over the years, we've transitioned that company. My husband now works part-time for that company. And we've transitioned it so that it's it's now more of a digital media company. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're really focused on helping like entrepreneurs grow their online presence because those were the services that I was really focused on that I really you know found my passion in helping with. And so I've been doing that for about three years now. And that took off so fast along with the other things that I'm doing that I actually ended up having to stop planning weddings um, very early last year. So that was somewhat bittersweet, but but very exciting at the same time because it's just been a crazy journey to get here. And now you have more time to focus on the thing that you're truly passionate about. Yeah. Did it feel like when you you started the second company, did you feel like more lit up, like this was the thing that really excited you? I think it's kind of crazy because I'm one of those people who, even as a kid, I was very multi-passionate. I wanted to do everything. Like I... I, my mom put me in dance when I was like two years old and I loved it. I was crazy about it. I never wanted to give it up, but at the same time, I really wanted to play baseball and basketball and do gymnastics and be in every club at school. And my mom was just like, you, you don't, I, we don't have time because I have to drive you all these places. So you have to choose, but I I've been like that my entire life. And so, yeah, every time I start something that's somewhat new to me, I feel like, oh my gosh, this is the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. But I I just feel like there's a lot of things I'm supposed to be doing. I'm a motivational speaker and I feel like if I had to choose one thing, that would probably be where my biggest passion lies because I just love getting to speak to people and and light them up and sort of, you know, light a fire in them to go out and dream bigger dreams and do more with their life. But I really still find such a passion in doing that digital marketing work and doing business coaching and running my podcasts. So I'm just, I'm all over the place. I'm very multi-passionate, <laughs> but I'm super proud of it and really proud of, of the things that I've built. Cause you know, even as a small time entrepreneur, just being able to sort of balance all of those things, it gets really hard. So I'm really proud of myself for that. And so I, I when people are like, Oh, but what's your, what's your biggest passion? I'm like all of it, everything that I do. That's right. Yeah. I, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I don't do it if I don't love it. When you're balancing all these different things, like I'm sure you're not in now, now you're an adult, you're probably not playing baseball as well and dancing, (laughs) but you're balancing all of these other things that you love now that a lot of the time will be business related. Mm -hmm. What are some things that you do to stay on task or to keep things streamlined so that you don't overwhelm yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a huge productivity nerd. So like, (laughs) if you say productivity to me, like we're going to be friends, like I'm super (laughs) happy. So I, I, there's a couple, a lot of different things that 
I do that I know have worked for me over the years. But one of the biggest things is I time block my days. So I don't just like wake up in the morning and come in the office and go, oh, here's my to-do list of things that need to get done today. I'm super specific. Like, okay, from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., this is what I'm working on. I won't check Instagram. I won't answer the phone. I'm not answering emails. I will not do anything else. This is what I'm working on. And then, you know, from 10 to 10, 15, I'll give myself like a quick little break, like check emails, respond to anything that needs to be responded to immediately, you know, do a quick like scroll through Instagram, just kind of free up my brain space. Mm -hmm. And then 10, 15 to like 1130, this is what I'm working on, nothing else. And even if I don't get done with the thing that I'm working on, I'm moving on to the next thing. I gave myself, you know, an hour or two or however long I think I needed and whether it's done or not, I'm not working on it anymore until the end of the day. And at the end of the day, I have like one or two hours to catch up on anything that didn't get done. And if I got everything done, then I can use that time to get a jump start on what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. But being that specific, and that sounds like hyper crazy, like, oh, it's so clever. No free- I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it sounds like you have no free time and, and, you know, it, it a lot of people really love being a business owner, being an entrepreneur because of the freedom. Mm-hmm. And I know to a lot of people that sounds like you're taking that freedom away, but you're really not because you can build in your free time. You can build in time for lunch. You can build in time to scroll through Instagram, but building it in that way really keeps you hyper-focused on, okay, this is how much time I need to complete these tasks. And these are the tasks that have to get done in this order today. So that's one thing that just really, really has helped me over the years. And I've really, you know, perfected that process. Uh, And so now I've gotten to the point where I time block my days, but I also sort of theme my days. So if I'm going to be like recording podcast episodes, then I'll sort of lump all of those interviews and all of those recordings into one or two days so that yeah, it's still time blocked and it's very specific, but it's also like, okay, my focus today is on the podcast or my focus today is on my coaching clients or, you know, whatever it is. And that way I don't really have to like switch gears in my brain. I can really focus in like, okay, this Tuesday is going to be all about coaching. So I can turn my brain on to coaching and focus solely on that. Yes, that's so important. I feel like if you don't time block, the day just turns into a runaway train. And if you're jumping from task to task, like you're never really going to get anything done. So the fact that you have that routine, I think that's so good. And also it, it gives you more freedom because you're not letting the tasks take over. You're allowing yourself to work a certain amount of time and then you have other time to focus on the other thing. So I think that that's great. I love that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And just sort of as like a second little quick thing, I also am really big into personality tests. And I think they really tell you a lot about, you know, who you are as a person and and the way that you work. And so like, I don't know, you know, if you're into the Enneagram or, you know, Myers-Briggs, but I really have gotten into like studying those personality types and like why I am the way that I am and, and the way I like to do things and, and, you know, just everything surrounding that. And, Um, I actually started using, this is something more recent, but it's really helped me with all this time blocking stuff. I started using the Evo planner Mm -hmm. and I love it because you actually take a quiz before you buy the planner and it matches you up with a certain brain type. There's four different types. And then the planner is actually like customized to your brain type. Um, so it like, 
there's just certain spaces like for me, for my brain type, there's certain spaces for like a brain dump and it's really focused on to-do lists and like super hyper organized. But I know there's a different planner that's very focused on like wellness and having free time and mm-hmm. uh, being creative and all of those things. So that's just one little tool that that I love to recommend because it's helped me so much, especially lately with just really being, you know, very productive, very aware of my time and very intentional with my to-do list and my goals. That's awesome. And how important do you think that mindset is um, for being successful in business, in yours and in business in general? A hundred percent. I used to, it's really funny because I used to be the person that's like, oh my gosh, mindset doesn't matter. Like that's just a bunch of kind of, you know, woo woo, crazy, whatever. (laughs) Like I thought nothing of it. But when I really started diving into personal development, which is really around the time that I started saying, you know, I want to speak on stages. I want to be a motivational speaker. I started diving into personal development, going to conferences, listening to podcasts, and it really grew on me. And so now I, I really teach a lot surrounding mindset because the second that I shifted that in my brain is the second that I feel like everything changed for me. I instantly got more revenue. I instantly got more clients. I got more successful. I felt more in control of my day and my time and the goals that I was going after. And so I I think it's a hundred percent, like if you're not in the place where you've got the right mindset for the things that you're trying to achieve, then you're never going to achieve them. You know, you don't necessarily have to have a bunch of money to start a business. You don't necessarily have to have connections. You don't necessarily have to have the skills. You can learn the skills. But mindset is one of those things that for some people, it takes so long to get over those hurdles in their own head. So if you can really get the mindset piece down from the very beginning, I think you really start to see a shift and start to see a change in the way that you're going after your goals. There is a ton more coming up on today's episode. But first, I want to quickly thank our sponsors for making this show possible. My go-to project management tool has to be HoneyBook. It handles my clients, my projects, my invoices. It also has contact forms and questionnaires, appointment scheduling, and task management, and keeps me on the ball so I never miss something important. And everyone listening can get a free trial of HoneyBook by going to herpaperroot.com HoneyBook. And if you decide to upgrade, you will get 50% off your first year, which is a savings of $280. There has never been a better time to start a blog. And not just any blog, but to start your blog as a source of revenue so that you can make more money online. I want to simplify the process of blogging for you. That's why I've created the Her Paper Root Blogging Toolkit. Go to herpaperroot.com toolkit and you will get free access to my blogging resources, including how to start a blog training, a full online course with over-the-shoulder video tutorials of me showing you how to do everything step-by-step. Step. You'll also get eBooks, cheat sheets, and some awesome insider blogging secrets that you just can't get anywhere else. And you'll find it all for free at herpaperroot.com toolkit. Haley, something that you coach and teach on is developing a growth mindset. So as entrepreneurs, what do we need to know about a growth mindset? Absolutely. There's really two different kind of mindsets. There's growth and there's limited. 
And limited is when you really attribute what you are able to achieve to the things that you currently have. So if you sit around and you say, well, I would love to do this thing, but I can't afford it. Or I would love to do this thing, but I don't have enough time. Any kind of stipulation like that, that's a very limited mindset. And so a lot of what I teach and coach on is about building a growth mindset. So really getting in the space of changing the narrative in your own mind for what you're able to pursue and what you're able to achieve. So a lot of my clients come in saying, well, I started this business and I'm really passionate about it, but I feel like I'm not seeing more revenue or more clients or more customers because it's such a saturated market or because everybody's already doing this thing that I really want to launch. And again, that's a really limited mindset. So a lot of my clients, we focus on, okay, changing that narrative to, yeah, okay, maybe it's a saturated market, but nobody's doing it the way that you're doing it. And nobody has this like special little spin on this product or this service, or, you know, nobody has your same personality and flair that they're going to infuse into it. And you know, it's kind of like writing a book. Um, there's a thousand books out there. I mean, there's so many books and every single year there's more and more and more books, but yet people are still writing books. People are still getting published. People aren't just throwing in the towel and saying, oh, well, we have millions of books already. We don't need to write anymore. <laughs> no, they're still doing it. And we're still buying them as consumers. You know, you walk into a Target, you find a new book, or maybe you listen to an audiobook or whatever, but my my point with that is people are still doing it because people are still buying it. We love to read a new author's take on something, even if it's an idea we've heard a thousand times. We love to hear new stories, even if they're similar to a fictional novel we, we read three years ago. And so if you start thinking of your business and your life and your goals the same way that you think of authors writing books, you realize that yeah, maybe somebody already did it. Yeah, maybe, you know, it's a saturated market. Maybe you don't necessarily have enough money to build it up where you want it to be yet. But that yet is what matters because nobody's going to do it like you and nobody's going to have that sort of signature personality that you've got that's special to you as an individual. And if you sit, if you sit around and you say, well, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough skills yet. You know, anything like that, then you're just constantly building a limited mindset and limited mindsets create limited results. If you sit around and you say, I don't have enough time, then you're never going to have enough time. If you say, I don't have enough money, then you're never going to have enough money. Building a growth mindset is about saying, okay, I don't have enough money right now, so what can I do to get the money? Yeah. Or how can I start for free? Or how can I get some help that that will kind of negate the fact that I don't have the money? Or, okay, I don't have enough time right now. Where can I free up time in my schedule, even if it's just an hour a day, to work on this thing and make it happen? Because if it matters that much to you, then you will find a way. And so that's kind of what you know, building this growth mindset is really all about. And I think in business especially, but with any goal, you really have to have that growth mindset and really believe that your goals are achievable and be willing to put in the work to get to them. I totally agree. And I work with a lot of, um, a lot of people at different stages in their business and 
you really notice a big difference between those two mindsets. The people who, sure, they might not have the money right now, but they're like steadfast. They're going to make it happen because they're going to find ways to make it happen. They're going to trade. They're going to barter. They're going to, you know, give their skills for something so that they can learn something else. Like there's always a way to make it happen if you really want it to happen and you're willing to put in that work. Yeah, absolutely. I always say if you want something bad enough, no excuse is going to be good enough. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Just, you know, just a reminder that if you truly want something, you're going to find a way. And, you know, I know you've got to pay your bills. I know that, you know, if you have kids, especially like your time is somewhat limited. Like you do have these sort of restrictions on your life, but you know, we all sit around and and have our our guilty pleasures on Netflix that we watch. You know, we all have those things we spend money on that we don't necessarily have to have. So if it really matters to you more than the Netflix show, if it really matters to you more than the new sweater you just bought, then you'll save that money or you'll find that time and you'll find a way to do it. Totally. And you had mentioned in the beginning of our chat, when you started your second business, things started to kick off pretty fast. But we all know that, of course, there will be struggles and failures along the way. So I would love to hear from you what sort of struggles you battled or failures that you overcame on your journey to the place that you're at right now. You know, I said I got into business in an interesting way. And long story short, it was basically... I was in my last year of college and I was engaged to a guy that I had been with for six years. And one month before our wedding, he just up and left with really no reasoning. And in that same week, I found out that my financial aid for school had been cut. And so basically I couldn't afford to finish my last year of school. This sounds like the plot of a movie. You should be, I know, no, you should have know. this ready to go for whoever's listening that's a movie producer. <laughs> I know my husband says that all the time, but it it's true that it all happened in the same week. And the only skill I had was that, that I had just planned this wedding that didn't happen. <laughs> so that's how I got into wedding planning. And so I kind of, you know, I looked at it for a long time as my business started out of a failure. I had a failed relationship and was a college dropout. And three years in, when I started that second company, it took off so fast and I was so impressed and I, I attributed it all to myself. I was like, oh, I'm so good that everybody wants to work. I got really cocky, but I, I was like, I'm so good that everybody wants to work with me and I'm clearly the best. And, <laughs> you know, even though I've been doing this for two solid minutes and I'm, I'm just, I'm going to make so much money doing this. The problem is I didn't have the mindset piece yet. I was not diving into personal development the way I should have been. And I did get cocky and a couple months in, it had gotten way over my head. I had taken in so many clients thinking, oh, I'm going to take on everybody that comes my way so I can get all the money, except I didn't actually have the time to fulfill all of those clients and couldn't actually really spend the time that I needed to spend with each one for them to really feel like I was worth working with and worth the money and, and have a really good experience with my company. So I got way in over my head. And, you know, now I teach a lot about, you know, sometimes you're sitting around and you're waiting on something to happen and you're waiting to achieve your goal and you feel like it's taking forever. But the fact of the matter is you're not ready for it yet. 
And that was very much me. I wasn't ready for it yet. I was very much in over my head. And so there were massive failures and massive errors in judgment with starting that company that I didn't even necessarily have with my first company doing wedding planning because that took off pretty steadily and it was nice and it was a great launch into business. And yeah, I had my struggles and my learning curves, but overall I felt like it went well. This was supposed to be my second business. I was supposed to know what I was doing by now. And so to have all of these mistakes and all of these errors in judgment that I had, it, it I really beat myself up over it. And that's really why I started diving into personal development and this whole mindset piece and all of this stuff, because I felt so frustrated with myself and so disappointed in my own skills and in myself as a business owner. And so there was a lot of diving into that, but you know, I'm still making mistakes. Every time I try something new, it's like starting over. You know, the first time I got on stage, I I had never done that before. That was very different to speak to an, a very large audience. The first time I launched a podcast, uh, like my first episode of my podcast is still up. And every once in a while, when I really need a humbling moment, I go back and listen to it because it's just that bad. Um, and it's fine. I've learned since then how to edit. I've learned, you know, how to be a great host of an interview show. I've learned how to ask the right questions. I've learned how to do all of those things. And so you learn as you go. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's really important to remember is that nobody starts off really good. Even when you think you're really good, you're not that good. Yeah. And and that was the reminder that I needed was, you know, yeah, you might have the natural raw talent. You might have a couple of the skills. You might naturally be good at this thing, but you are not yet where you need to be to really be successful, to really run the company to really achieve the goals that you want to achieve. And even if you're sitting here like me and you're six years into business and you feel like you've got it all together and you know what you're doing now, you still are going to have goals that are bigger than where you are at right now. Yeah. So any, any goal, any business, anything like that, it's constantly growing and constantly learning. There's never actually an end result. You know, you get something and you achieve a goal and yeah, you're happy about it but let's face it, you're going to set another goal. Like even if, you know, you've reached your revenue goals and you're really happy with this business and you don't ever want to try anything new because you love your business, odds are you're going to set a new revenue goal. You're going to say, okay, we reached a hundred thousand dollars in revenue this year. Let's go for 150 next year. So you're always going to have more goals that you're not currently ready to achieve. You've got to keep learning. You've got to keep growing. And I think that's what failure and mistakes and those errors in judgment are all about is to really teach you the things that you don't yet know. Mm -hmm. To get you to the next step so that you can handle the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just like you said, it keeps on growing and changing and you're never really done. There's always a next step to learn and tackle. And then there's a, a bigger one to tackle right around the corner. So that's part of the excitement too of business. Yeah, absolutely. Ensuring that your website is legally compliant does not have to be confusing. 
lawyer Amira at A Self Guru has created a legal template bundle for bloggers and entrepreneurs that covers your privacy page, your terms and conditions, and your affiliate disclosure page. She also has a whole legal store of every other type of contract and template that you could ever need. Go to herpaperroot.com slash legal bundle to discover Amira's contract shop. When you stepped on that first stage to speak to a large audience, in my mind, and I'm sure lots of people listening, like that would be pretty terrifying. I like doing live events and speaking now, but I was not confident two years even ago. So what was that like when you stepped on that stage for the first time? It was so interesting because... From the moment that I found out I was going to speak somewhere, I instantly was like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I am not qualified for this. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh my, like I just- The imposter syndrome. Yeah, I freaked out. And this is how I know that this was something I was absolutely supposed to be doing because I, I've, I felt this experience with all of my businesses, with all of my podcasts, with everything that I've done, but I usually felt them later down the road. When it came to speaking, the moment that I stepped on that stage, I had this instant calm wash over me. And it, and I know most people like get on a stage, they do not have that experience at all. They're like nervous <laughs> the whole time. and But instantly calm and instantly knew this is where I'm supposed to be and started talking and you know, not that I didn't like mess up and stumble over words or forget what I was supposed to say or anything like that. Cause I absolutely did, but mm-hmm. it didn't even phase me when I, when I made a mistake, I just moved right past it. And usually in business, I'd be beating myself up over it. So I came off that first stage and I called my husband and I was like, this is the thing. This is the thing that I'm supposed to do with my whole life. And so, you know, even now you get nervous, you know, everybody gets nervous. You get a little nervous, like the bigger the crowd gets or you know, if it's just you on stage versus being on like a panel or something like, right. You always yeah. get a little bit nervous, but every time it's like the second that I step on stage, I'm like, this is home. This is where I'm supposed to be. And I, I think it was speaking, especially, you know, even if you're doing podcasts, if you're doing anything like that, you've got to remember that it's not about you. You're not getting, even if you're up there telling your story, you're telling your story in the hopes that it helps somebody in the audience. And so mm-hmm. uh, I think I heard um, Amy Porterfield, I believe, say that a long time ago. And I really took it to heart that, you know, she got so nervous being on stages, speaking to people. And the second that she remembered, it's not about me, it's about them. It, she would get instantly calm. She would feel like she was yeah. doing the right thing. And so for me, I'm just always reminding myself as soon as I go to walk on stage, like, you're talking to one person in the audience. You need one person to to be changed, to get something out of this, to learn something they didn't know before from my story, from the things that I'm saying. And that's all it's about is, is really touching one person in the audience. Yeah, something to take to heart for sure. Because I think a lot of the time in business, and maybe we're talking about entrepreneurship or blogging or whatever it is that people do, they're going to be asked to do a live event or even a a summit, like a virtual summit at some point, a podcast interview. And if it's your first time getting Mm -hmm. that invite, I know a lot of people are like, oh my God, no, I can't do it instantly. I can't do it. I'll mess up. Everyone's going to think I'm stupid. I'll be found out that I don't know what I'm doing. You know, those sort of thoughts. And you really have to 
remember that no, it's not about you, you know, and that little voice, that's imposter syndrome, just trying to get in your way. Absolutely. You really have to push on through and just do it. And then once you do it, it can feel really amazing and it can totally change your life and change the path of your career too. Like it has for you as it's now your main thing is motivational public speaking. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I even, I got up in front of a room once and got halfway through the thing that I was teaching and just had one of those moments where I literally blanked on everything. Like I didn't even know what I was talking about anymore. And it's, it's one, it was one of those things where like, you just couldn't even play it off. Like everybody in the room knew what happened. And so I literally just was like, I'm not going to lie. You guys, I totally forgot what I was saying. So we're just going (laughs) to roll with it. And afterwards I had somebody come up to me and she was like, thank you for being so honest because you know, watching you mess up up there and I'm sitting there like turning bright red. I'm like, thank you for pointing it out. You know, I didn't, I didn't need the reminder, but thanks. Um, but she was like watching you mess up up there. It just reminded me that like, you know, all of these speakers I listen to and all of these people that I learn from are still human and they make the same mistakes that I do. And I was like, wow, you know, like no, if nobody else got anything from listening to me talk that day, she got reminded that we're all human and that none of us are better than another and that we all started from that same place at the bottom. And to me, that was, that was more powerful than somebody coming up to me and being like, Oh my gosh, you did perfect. You know, (laughs) I learned so much. I took 10 pages of notes. So that was such a powerful moment for me. And so now I'm, I'm always reminded of that, that if I go out there and I mess up, you know, you own it because most people, are going to be pretty impressed that you are willing to own your mistakes and, and make fun of yourself and make light of it. And they relate to that more than, you know, if you're picture perfect and everything's, you know, excellent all the time. Yeah. Oh, totally. Definitely makes you more human and it lightens the mood too. People can be like, oh yeah, you know, we can just laugh it off and people are like, yeah, I could totally make that mistake too. And it really isn't a big deal because it's not what it's about. What are you working on now? What's lighting you up at this moment? Got some some big things coming up in the next like year or so, a couple of them that I just like haven't even announced yet. So I'm so freaking excited to like work on these projects and, and get them out into the world. But um, I'm currently in the process of really like re- rebranding and relaunching my coaching program. Um, so it I started out doing business coaching and just basically was like, bring me your problem and I'll help you solve it. Um, and and so it's a lot more structured now. I've really found my focus and found, you know, just those ideal people that I really want to work with. So, uh, really focused on honing in right that on that right now, really focused on, um, growing the podcasts. I, you know, I mentioned my podcast earlier. It's uh, females on fire and it's all about business. And I've been doing that for like a year and a half. But my husband and I actually just launched, like literally a couple weeks ago, a relationship podcast too. So it's called Best of Luck. It's a play on our last name and because we're wishing you the best of luck in your relationship and trying to give you the best advice that we have. But <laughs> I love that. Uh, it's been interesting because he has such great insight, but he is not a podcaster at all. So Um, I've been working with him. I'm like, no, you have to sit closer to the microphone and you have to, you have to do this and you have to do, so we're, we're batching out (laughs) like a million episodes for that right now. So, 
those are just a couple things, but it's, it's, it's a different day every day. So I'm, I'm never working on the same thing twice. I think <laughs> that's very cool that you guys are working together on that. Yeah. Yeah. He's my favorite person to work with by far. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Cause I thought it was going to be so easy for me being a podcaster and knowing what I was doing. But when you're working with somebody who's not a podcaster and it's the first time that you're podcasting with someone who's in the same room with you, it's an entirely different experience. So I'm like, now I'm back to square one and learning how to adapt to this and learning how to, you know, work with him and all of those things. So we're both learning. So it's, it's an experience for sure. Well, that's good. That's the whole point of it. You know, that's everything like we were talking about with the learning and the changing and that's, it's going to take you guys to the next step and it'll keep on snowballing from there. Absolutely. So in addition to the best of luck podcast, where else can we find you online? Yes. So you can find me online. I'm at HaleyLuckadoo.net. That's Haley with two eyes. And I'm on pretty much every social media platform, but I'm really active on Instagram the most. And I'm just at Haley Luckadoo on all social media channels. Very cool. Man, I think we all struggle with very similar things in business in this journey that we're on. So it's really awesome to hear you share your experience. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun and you're such a great host. So I've, I've had a great time. Thanks for tuning in to the Her Paper Root podcast. We hope you found this episode helpful. If you did, please say so by leaving us a review on iTunes. And be sure to share this episode with your friends. For more entrepreneurship resources and to connect with Chelsea, swing by herpaperroot.com. Now go make something.